Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. And today I'm going to be interviewing the amazing Hannah Hermanson, who I have dubbed the guru maker. Hannah is actually our lead success coach on our high impact coaching team. She was able to build a six-figure coaching business in about six months when she was unfortunately let go from the startup that she was working with. So in this interview, she's going to talk about her tough journey of building her business on top of her small one-bedroom apartment in San Francisco sitting on her bed because she didn't have enough room to actually have a desk in there. She's going to talk about how to get started without testimonials, how to overcome imposter syndrome, and how to get into large podcasts, getting into things like Forbes magazine as a contributing writer, and everything that holds holds back starting coaches and entrepreneurs to really get up to that magical six-figure mark so they can have a full-time coaching business. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. And if anybody out there is, uh, wants to catch these episodes live in our Facebook group, go ahead and go to xanderfriar.com forward slash FB group to catch these live in our Facebook group. And if you're interested in getting our help to get your coaching business up and running in the next 90 days, check out our high impact coaching launch program. You can go to xanderfriar.com forward slash apply and set up a 15 minute clarity call with one of the coaches on our team where we can dig into where your business is at, what's going on, what's working, what's not working and figure out if we can help you get to that profitable business mark in the next 90 days. Again, that's xanderfriar.com forward slash apply if you're interested in our high impact coaching launch program, and I'll see you in this episode. All right. Hey, 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 how's it going? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here with the amazing, the one and only Hannah Hermanson, who I have dubbed the guru maker. So Hannah, really excited to have you on our high impact coaching live here. So for those of you guys who don't know, Hannah is actually one of our lead success coach here at High Impact Coaching. Hannah actually had for multiple years a successful six-figure coaching business and was actually coaching other women on their business, entrepreneurs on their business, you know, for multiple years before I tricked her into joining the High Impact Coaching team and now tricked her again into sharing her wealth of knowledge with all of you guys. So super, super successful to have Hannah on board today. We're going to be talking about the truth about branding and marketing your coaching business. So Hannah, welcome to the party. Thanks for joining. Oh, it's so fun to be over here in 2.0. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for those of you guys who don't know, like I mentioned, Hannah had a six-figure business for multiple years. She's coached you know, dozens, even hundreds of entrepreneurs and actually coaches to help build their businesses. She's a contributing writer for Forbes. She has her own podcast. She's an internationally renowned speaker. So really excited, really excited to kind of just pick your brain for everybody and, and drop some wisdom nuggets here. But Hannah, before we dig into all that and what we can do to really help all the coaches in high impact coaching, you know, get their businesses up and running, learn everything that they need to around branding and marketing. Before we do that, I'd love for everybody to just kind of hear your story, why you became a coach and kind of what led you down that path. Yeah. So I think two things helped me become a coach. One was necessity and two was naivete. So my real job, the perfect, if you the perfect will, combination of things, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So my real job was academic advising. I worked for the University of Wisconsin as an academic advisor and quickly realized I could not sit in a cubicle and repeat myself every half an hour 
to the same students coming through with this like vision of a four-year plan, giving them everything and more they would ever want in life. And me being like, maybe biology, (laughs) maybe sociology. It was just so unaligned with me because I knew there had to be more people could be doing. I wasn't doing it, but I was following them on Instagram and I was listening to their podcasts. And so when I needed to break free from the cubicle, I actually decided to become a yoga teacher. And so I would play hooky and go teach yoga at noon after I got certified and after work. And at a yoga class, I met someone who was bringing yoga and education together in a startup. And I thought, that sounds like something that's pretty dreamy. I have the education background. Now I can do yoga. Let's, yeah, let's go in on that. So I helped found a startup in Madison, Wisconsin that teaches school teachers how to use yoga and mindfulness in their classrooms. And we grew fast. And I learned a lot about the entrepreneurial lifestyle and startup life and so fast that in the first month, they took me on full time. And they said, you know, we want you to go to the San Francisco Bay Area and help us grow out in the Bay. And I was like, great, like, I'll pack up my entire life. I've never lived anywhere but small town Wisconsin. Everyone I know is right here. But like, yeah, I'll do that for you guys. That sounds like naivete. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) first hint, maybe. So I go out to San Francisco with my five bags, no real plan, just thinking we're going to keep growing this startup. And five weeks after I landed in one of the most expensive cities in the world. I was going to say, like, did you realize that your five bags weren't going to fit in your tiny room? Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I couldn't afford to ship more stuff or check more stuff because I had to pay rent in this, you know, little crap hole on Folsom Street in San Francisco. They informed me that the board did not approve my position and I no longer had a job. No way. And so this is where the necessity comes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was I was on such this high of entrepreneurship and I felt like I was making real contributions in the lives of these teachers. You know, yoga is really meaningful to me. And here I was just on a pile of bags, these five bags, without anything. You know, the rug totally pulled out from underneath me. But it was my golden year. So my birthday is November 25th. I turned 25 and I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a year to figure this California dream life vision out for myself. I refused to tell anyone what was actually happening. (laughs) Everyone in Wisconsin thought I was still like teaching yoga, doing great, but I was holed up in this tiny apartment doing all sorts of research, signing up for certifications. I had already had a life coaching piece, but I wanted to then become, you know, a business coach. And then I wanted to become really good at copywriting. And then I took all of these courses and I would just sit in the apartment. I did have a boyfriend, now fiance, there in San Francisco, and he's a school teacher. And I remember I would be still in bed in my pajamas. He would come back from teaching school and be like, so what did you do all day? (laughs) And I'd be like, well, I like, I learned how to do this hashtag thing. And like, I think I'm gonna start a Facebook group. And I talked to this girl about her business and he'd be like, so what did you do all day? And it went on for a couple of welcome, months. Welcome to the question that like every family member and friend and loved one <laughs> asks you when you're starting off as a coach. Yeah. So what exactly do you do all day? <laughs> yeah. And the other piece that totally went by the wayside was my health. I had been a yoga teacher. I had been super active. And then I literally, we didn't have anywhere else for me to work. I was literally on a bed all day with my computer and snacks. Yeah. So that wasn't the dream life at all. And like I said, I- So how long did that go by? Six months 
of research and now I call them zero calorie brownies. Okay. Like the little free webinars and the little course and like all the podcasts, I call them zero calorie brownies because you sit in your bed and eat them and you think it's never going to, it's no problem. Zero calorie. It's free. Then you get really sick. Your gut is full. You don't know how to move. You're just overwhelmed. You kind of have the sugar buzz, but you have no energy. So I did the zero calorie brownie binge for six months before I hired my first like one-on-one mentor and a business yeah. coach and realized like I now find them as shiny objects. Well, I want to I I sit on that for a second because I think this is a really important part of your story and I've never heard it explained that way, right? So many people, so many starting entrepreneurs and coaches go binge on information, on generic information, right? Whether it's podcasts, whether it's webinars or virtual trainings or seminars, books, right? Mm-hmm. So books that like a lot of the time people are just binging on books and expecting that to get you the result. Like one of the things that we tell everybody is like, you have to stop with the generic information and get some really concrete focused advice, yeah. right? So like you did that for six months. Yeah. What, yep. What's, what's going Running through your through mind st- at this point of six oh months of zero God. calorie brownies and you're now bloated and- Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was running through my savings. I was definitely thinking about like, how can I earn money? I mean, I tried, it's just like all the classic stuff. Like, okay, I'll do a group program for 200 bucks that'll get me a thousand bucks this month to like pay rent or my part of rent. And like, then that wouldn't work. And then it was like, I was pretty committed to not going back to a cubicle, but I did take up side jobs. Like I worked at the gym again for like four in the morning, but I remember just feeling like, you know, if I don't figure this out, what was this all for? Yeah. And the more days that went by, the more it was like, man, I'm, digging this deep hole and I better find something soon, you know, because like I said, running through savings, defending myself to my then boyfriend and trying to tell my family I was totally good and fine. When really like, if I don't make something of this debt and this time, what is it all for? You know, that's the stuff that would keep me up at night. I remember, oh man, I remember the moment like after I quit and about like three months, a little under three months into me building my business and it's still not made a penny. And at this point I probably spent like 25 grand ish on like different stuff. And I remember, I remember going home for like, I think I was home for Thanksgiving or something like that. Thanksgiving or Christmas, my whole family just asking me, how's everything going? How's everything doing? And I'm just like, great. Oh yeah. You have to save face. It's so good. I love this. Well, yeah. Here's what I talked myself into. I was like, if they know I'm not okay, then they're just going to worry about me. And then we just have more stress. Like I will figure this out. I'm going to sit on this bed until I just figure something out. Right. But then, like you said, I bumped into a mentor who really got me straightened out and helps me realize the, the important pieces of starting to build a business, which guys like these things have always been there. I was totally a student of the social media buzz of like year one funnel away from owning an island and you just need (laughs) to get the right hashtags. And if you have a million followers, like you'll be a millionaire and like that is so not true. And so really getting back to the basics of like any business is a relationship building business. Yeah. But I was literally in my bed. Like there was only one other person coming and he was not a client. Like <laughs> I had to get out. I had to get into conversation. Yes, in person, but also in different and unique ways that wasn't just about like, you know, putting together my website, which took, you know, two months of that six months. Yeah. And- well, I think you're hitting on a big point here, right? It's like, you know, as a coach, 
well, as a business owner in general, you have to get out there, right? Like you have to get yourself and your message out there. As a coach, you are the business. So if you're not getting out there, the business is non-existent. And I think that's a big fear. Do you see that as a fear for like maybe a lot of the clients you've worked with in the past and obviously a lot of the coaches you see starting like the fear of like really putting yourself out there is that I think that's probably one of the biggest things that stops great coaches, people that can really help people from actually being able to help people because they're just afraid to actually like really, really go for it and really, really put themselves out there. Yeah. I see this conflict so obviously now it's like, and I had it too. I was like, I really want to do this. Like I have to do this. Like I want, I want to, I want to. But then a lot of us have this mean girl or this mean boy out on the playground who's like, you're not good enough. Like you're not ready. You don't know anything. You're not going to help anyone. Who would, you know, that imposter syndrome or the mean kid on the playground. Who would pay you for advice? Who would hire you to fix this issue? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we've, got to learn how to, you know, quiet that bully and keep moving forward because the bullies are the ones that just stay on the playground and they don't go yeah. do cool things. They just stay in their own little negative. They're just, they're just on the sideline yelling at people the whole time. Mm-hmm. I love that. So six months of yep. that mentor straightens you out. Then what, what are the big shifts that you experienced that really started to turn your business up? Yeah. So I stopped doing all of the little things. Like I mentioned, like, let me just piece together a $200 thing and like convince my friends and family to like pay me hourly. Like I just was doing all these weird things. And I know you talk about this a lot, but I also realized, you know, this idea of starting at the top or asking people to invest, getting out of my comfort zone and inviting them to do the same essentially. And the biggest shift for me in order to start charging high ticket, to start asking people to sign a contract, you know, the business things, was to shift my perspective off of myself. So something I live by is when you help enough other people get what they want, you will get what you want. And just recognizing that I need to be creating value. I need to be making an impact if I want to pay the rent. Like money is just a form of energy. And so that mindset work of getting out of this is about me, I want to look good, I want to prove to my family how successful I am, and realizing like, hey, you just spent six months learning a whole bunch of random stuff. And if you don't start going and sharing that or implementing or making an impact on other people, it really was for nothing. So you better get out and help some people. I love that. I love that so much because I think so many coaches get into this learning and they learn all this stuff. Why do you learn all this stuff anyways? Why do you get your certifications? Why do you learn all these things? So yeah, first, because it feels good. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. But deep down, you learn it because you actually want to help people with it. Mm-hmm. If you hold yourself back from actually like charging for this and doing this full time, mm-hmm. you'll never actually be able to help people with it. So all that goes to waste. Yeah. You did all this work. You learned all these amazing things. And then you go back to a nine to five and you don't help anybody. Right? Yeah. Squash those gifts. That's like the biggest tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So you turn this business up. You're now making six figures, mm-hmm. right? Let's backtrack a little bit to get to that six figures. I know one of the things that, you know, we haven't talked about a lot in this group. And I think you've done some amazing, amazing things to really become the expert in your field, become the expert in your space, right? You know, the example that I always use, right? It's like, if you were in health and fitness and don't get me wrong, like when, cause we have, you know, I couldn't tell you how many health and fitness coaches that are charging $5,000 for fat loss or $8,000 for fat loss because they learned the appropriate lead generation and sales and positioning tactics to make it happen and the mindsets to make it happen. But one of the things that I always tell people, it's like, if you were in health and fitness and you wanted to sell 
a $5,000 program, right? You could learn all the sales and all the lead generation tactics and do it as a nobody. But if you were Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. right? you could do it much, much easier just because you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think that's something that you've done very well and you've helped a lot of people do very well is becoming that expert, becoming that authority in their space to make that entire process easier. Could you yeah. expand on like how you did this for yourself and obviously how it helped you get that business up and running? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was a 25-year-old broke girl in my bedroom. Like who would want to work with me kind of thing, you know? And so what I realized is that in order to have... I mean, you need to have no like and trust. And yes, you can build relationships and you can build conversations. And that's a long and intensive game, which is an important piece of any business. Like you talk about like organic lead generation, nurturing relationships. Absolutely. I also, whether it was true or self-doubt, had this sense that if I want to be working with this caliber of people that I want to work with, I need to align myself or look or, you know, have some brand positioning to not just be like, I'm just starting out. I don't actually have clients. Like, wow, how about we just talk long enough until you like me, right? And so what I realized is that, okay, so maybe I didn't have a bunch of testimonials yet, or I didn't have screenshots of money being flown around. But what I did do was leverage those relationships and start aligning myself with people that I wanted to look like, okay? So for me, that meant starting a podcast, interviewing people like Xander and you know, other successful people and starting to show like, hey, I'm well connected. Hey, we know what we're talking about. Don't just take it from me, but take it from the people I'm associating my brand with. And then that led to opportunities like, you know, writing in Forbes. That's a huge credibility now. And I did do that from the comfort of my bed. But (laughs) again, (laughs) to be able to put value in places where other people already respect it was definitely a big strategy that I leaned on so that I could build up, you know, confidence, credibility, get those testimonials and keep leaning into those. Yeah. um, And I still still remember, I still remember when I interviewed on your podcast, right? And it was because both of us have a mutual friend, Jack Canfield, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like when, you know, there's that uh, big undeniable authority that you relate with, whether it's Jack Canfield, whether it's Forbes, whether it's, you know, like whatever it is, you know, like when you have that big undeniable authority that you're associating with, you instantly absorb that same authority. And yes. it's, it's so powerful that like, you know, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this right now, you know, as soon as they hear like, oh, you know, Forbes contributing writer or, oh, you know, worked with Jack on this or something like mm-hmm. that. They're like, wow, that person's kind of a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, here we are just like, I'm just kind of hanging out. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it definitely is beneficial to keep being yourself. You know, I was just seeking to collaborate with people. And when you add value to other people's shows or other people's websites or their blogs, great. It's a win win. And so people ask me all the time, how do I get in Forbes? How do I get all this? And it's like, start with where you're at. I bet there are bloggers in this group. I bet people in this group have podcasts. You know, we look to these high, fancy places. When really there's so many people, we can start giving value to their audience, showing up as an expert, showing up as someone that's adding a new perspective to whatever they're doing. And then suddenly, great, yeah, you've been featured on podcasts. You've been a guest contributor. That's the starting point. I love what you're saying there too is like, leverage those starting points of podcasts or guest blogs on smaller stages because the truth is you don't want to blow your shot on the big stage, right? And I had this conversation with Craig because, you know, one of my mentors, Craig Valentine, because he talked about like before he told his story, you know, on like 
the really big podcast, because he's obviously got a massive network of some of the biggest podcasters in the world, you know, like the Tim Ferriss show and, you know, Joel Marion and Lewis Howes, like all these guys are his friends. So he can be on all these podcasts whenever he wants. But he's like, I didn't just show up to those podcasts and tell my story. He's like, I told my story a hundred times on a bunch of podcasts that frankly, nobody listens to to really hone in that story so that when I shared it on Tim Ferriss' podcast, it really connects, right? So that it's, it's actually done really well. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing if you're looking to get on these higher level podcasts or get on these magazines. You better have your story and your message really honed in by then mm-hmm. because if you don't, you're going to get your shot and you're going to blow it. Yeah, but yeah. It's really important. I really hope people are hearing like start with what you have and where you're at. Just the same thing of like, just as it is for branding and positioning, the same is true of lead generation and any kind of marketing. You have got to start with the resources you have and get really good at that, those conversations, those relationships, telling your story before you go and blow up a funnel or, you know, all these things that I was sitting on my Wait, computer. Are you trying to tell me right now that you can't just build a funnel and then all of a sudden millions of dollars just end up in your bank account for no reason? Oh, that took decades for the one <laughs> dude to do that, you know? So like I had all these pieces in place those six months, like I had a website, I had a funnel, I had a landing page and I had to throw it all away once I started working with people because yeah. it wasn't what they needed. And then I realized this is why that program didn't because it wasn't resonating with anyone. It's what I had fun making, but there was no market fit. There was no need that real people were going to, you know, benefit from what I was having fun. Can I just repeat what you just said? You just said, this was, I had to throw this all away because this was what I had fun making, but there was no market need and no business need for it. Mm -hmm. I like that may be, if anybody's paying attention right now, that may be the single golden nugget for why you are not successful in your coaching business right now. And I think it's like really hard nugget of knowledge to hear is that like most coaches make a program or a business out of what they have fun making, but mm-hmm. that's not how business works. Business has to start with a market need, mm-hmm. like you just mentioned. So I think that may be, if anybody's like actually like going to implement what you just said, that might actually save their entire business right now. This is all great. I think one thing that I would love is let's do this for anybody starting. You mentioned like start now when it comes to your branding, start with where you're at, start now. When it comes to building your brand and building that authority, what do you think are a couple of the best ways for people to start to build that authority quickly? Is it podcasts? Is it blogging? Is it, you know, getting a feature on a magazine? What do you think is like the best way to start to build some of that authority so that when people look at you, they're like, oh, this is a professional. This is somebody of authority that I could actually work with. Yeah, I would say there's two and you can kind of take your pick or do it all. One thing that I accidentally built a lot of authority with was a Facebook group. So I started my Facebook group because I was lonely in San Francisco and realized I didn't know anyone. I didn't know it was a marketing thing, but then I was able to show up, share what I was learning. And although I actually did get my first client from my Facebook group, but as I was doing all that stuff of learning, I was able to share it. And that was a place that I could just start showing up as an authority. And you don't have to pay or ask anyone else to do that. Just start your Facebook group if you haven't already. But I really think podcasting is the biggest opportunity we have today, especially, you know, 
rolling towards the end of 2019 as we're recording this because there are thousands of shows, dozens of new ones start every day. And those new podcast hosts are looking for people to come and help them get the show rolling. They don't want to sit and talk for 20 hours a week if no one's listening. You can help them build their audience, right? You will hey, yeah, like I'd love to share this episode out after we do it. I think this is the value I could bring to you. They're easy to find and it's a lot less strategic than blogging. So yeah. the blogging game today, you know, SEO and keywords and, you know, Google finding you, Google crawling, all of that stuff is a lot more time and say, it sounds brain like a, power. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. Not, not me. There are some people, you know, like copywriters, like people like to write. I would rather show up and talk and then transcribe that into a blog later. Yeah. And podcasting really is, is that quickest, most direct way to beginning practice with that story, with that value. Yeah, I love that. And that's a good point to bring up too as well, right? Because I think some people are talkers like you and I, mm-hmm. and some people are writers like mm-hmm. not you and I, <laughs> uh, but each person that's kind of their thing. Like one of my really good buddies, Sean Kemp, one of the best writers in the world, people pay mm-hmm. him like $15,000 to write like a 10 minute VSL script, but he's just not a talker. He's the type of person that wants to write it all out and put it in written message. So I think that is important to know that you can really go either way, but I'm a huge fan of obviously like, you know, you can just put together an interview with somebody, grow their audience, grow your audience and do it, you know, an amazing collaboration, you know, where rising tides lift all ships yes. and build some authority around that as well. So yes, I love that. What would you say is the biggest mistake that people make? Like somebody thinks of like branding and marketing. What is the biggest mistake or maybe a couple of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs and coaches make when they're first starting off? They are not connecting with their clients. So like I said, I made programs that nobody wanted, but it was my stuff, what I thought was interesting. So what I see, and this is something everyone can do daily on whatever you put out, whether it's an Instagram post or an article or an email, right? Because the communication is really how people get to know what your brand is. Your brand is a process. It's a big picture. But the pieces that people can chew on from your brand is your copywriting, what you put out essentially. And so I want everyone listening to this, if they're going to implement a second thing, (laughs) like to Xander's point, is to put on the sunglasses of your ideal client and then go read some of your stuff. And if you just landed on this website and you have these sunglasses on of your ideal client, like, does it make sense? Is that what you need? You know, coaches, especially, they like to tell you all the stuff they know and how smart they are and how they can blow up your subconscious. But like, yeah, if I'm someone who's, you know, has an eating disorder, like if I'm coming to look at your page, like, do I care about the subconscious or do I care about like not being obsessed with food? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I'd love to hear your opinion on this because you know, I think this is another major problem for coaches, but I think a big part of it is the ego. Like you mentioned, like you want to talk about the things you want to talk about. And also you want to talk really intellectually because it makes you sound smart, which makes you sound important. But the truth is most of your audience kind of wants you to just dumb it down for them. Like mm-hmm. you're on like an expert level, you're probably somewhere on like a seven, eight, nine, or a 10 on the scale. And your audience is probably at like a one, two, or a three. Mm-hmm. And when you're communicating at like a seven, eight, nine, or a 10, the one, twos, and threes are basically like, they hear your messaging and it goes right over their head. Yeah. Right. And so yep. I think it's interesting because so many coaches, like they just need to dumb down their communication, talk more succinctly, more directly, mm-hmm. and they will get infinitely more clients, infinitely more connections rather than yeah. just trying to talk intelligently and talk about what you want. 
Yeah, totally. It used to annoy me that a lot of the top marketing podcasters, I won't name names, but there's people that come top of mind when you think about who's out there talking about online marketing. And I would listen to their stuff and I'd be like, they are kindergarten teachers. They're not teaching me anything new. This is so basic. They're so like elementary. And I realized because most people are like, I was maybe not their ideal client, but they're so successful because they have simplified it. They dummy it down. They're speaking fourth grade English. Yeah. Fourth grade English on like a really intelligent day. Normally yeah. second grade English. <laughs> That's awesome. Another question for you around branding. I think this is you know something else that I see coaches do all the time. And I'm just going to ask you, how much time should I spend? You know, Hannah, I'm a starting coach. My name is Xander, the starting life coach. How much time should I spend putting together my logo, my business name, and my website when I'm first getting started? Zero. Like negative time. Like stop thinking. And this is, I'm like a broken record in most of my programs. It's like, and when I talk to the clients here, it's like your branding is not your logo. It's not a color. It's not a font. And get this, if you waste your time playing on Canva or deciding what font to put on your PowerPoint, there are people you could be coaching who aren't getting coached. Yeah. That's so powerful, right? Like legitimately, you're worried about what color your logo is. And there's somebody crying themselves to sleep right now while you're worried about whether or not it should be green or blue and what's going to connect better. And nobody's going to look at the damn logo. Yeah. I think I've gotten some coaching from this. So selfishly, I'm just like taking some of this in. <laughs> but is there anything, again, we've got a lot of starting coaches out there. Are there any last pieces of advice that you would like to give to the starting coaches out there? that, you know, whether it's a mental shift, whether it's, you know, something to focus on an action step, is there anything that you want to give to the starting coaches out there that can really help them get moving forward as soon as possible? What would you tell them? Yeah, I want to pull coaches out of the trenches, I would say. I think a lot of us get down in the nitty gritty of the little tasks we need to do every day or we think we need to do every day. And just like take a step onto the shore and let's again think about what the end goal is. The end goal is to help people, to coach people, to implement the knowledge that you know. Like let's get back to the big picture, the why perhaps, and use that to guide your decisions every single day. I told you, I was wrapped up in all sorts of little tasks, which were actually just obstacles to my goal. And when I got pulled out of all the things and started realizing like, oh, they're like other people who need my help. Like you just talk to them <laughs> or, you know, like don't overcomplicate it. So the more that you can simplify in your day-to-day -day process and ask yourself like, is this getting me closer to my goal? or is it an obstacle, you'll get to that goal more quickly. And it isn't an overnight thing, but the more you can eliminate the excess, the shiny objects, the zero calorie brownies, the shit that just feels good to you, the faster you're going to get to those goals. I love that. That's so solid. Yeah. It's like when you think of a coaching business, it's, it, this is funny because we share this in high impact coaching. It's like, we literally have three strategic goals in our business and we mm -hmm. get rid of all shiny objects. It's like number one, client success, help our clients get results. Number two, enroll clients so that we can help them see results. <laughs> Number three, get connected with more people so we can enroll them so we can help them get amazing results. Yep. It's so simple when you boil it down. Like so many people just totally overcomplicate it with this hashtag list and I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do all these little things. But it's like, if it helps your clients get results, if it helps you enroll more of them and it helps you have more conversations with them so you can enroll more of them so you can help more of them, just keep it simple. Yeah, I love how you distill that. I think that's great to share what our vision <laughs> and our pillars are there because um, they most people can find a version of that. 
because yeah. those really are the top priorities to growing your coaching business. Beautiful. That's the shit they don't learn you in college and the shit your advisor doesn't shove across the table. Exactly. Exactly. Well, beautiful. <laughs> Hannah, I think this has been really helpful, obviously, even for me, but for everybody out there listening right now. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show. I, I'm sure we're going to be doing more interviews with you, Hannah, in front of you guys, everybody out there listening. But if anybody has any concrete questions that they want Hannah to answer, make sure to send them in to us. You know, I'm sure we'll be doing more interviews with Hannah around coaching, around marketing, around branding, authority building, all of that stuff. So thank you so much for showing up, Hannah, and everybody who's watching this live. If you're watching this live, go ahead and comment below and let us know what you enjoyed, what questions you might have, or what you're looking for more of in the future. For everybody listening to this out in podcast land, feel free to check this out live by joining our Facebook group, xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And if anybody is really looking for some help getting their business kickstarted and into motion, and you're interested in checking out our high impact coaching launch program, where we help coaches build profitable businesses in less than 90 days, you can go ahead and go to xanderfryer.com forward slash apply. And you can fill out a quick questionnaire, hop on a 15 minute call with someone from our team to get clarity around where you're at in your business, what might be sticking, what you might need to work on and, and see how you might need to, what steps you might need to take to move forward. But again, thank you for everything, Hannah. I think this has been really helpful and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks.